Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast that you're listening to right now, thank you so much, called Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. It is a daily podcast, 365 days a year, and each day we talk to an author about all of the things related to their career, their book, their life, and more in 30 minutes or less, because who has time? I am now an author myself, although I wasn't when I started this podcast, and you can get my new memoir, Bookends, a memoir of love, loss, and literature, wherever books are sold starting July 1st, and my children's book, Princess Charming. You can learn more about me at zibbyowens.com, but really, you're here to learn more about the authors, and that is what we're going to do. Also, be sure to check out all the other podcasts in the Zcast Podcast Network. You can learn more at zcastnetwork.com and definitely check out those shows as well. Also, just a quick note that submissions for the Zibby Awards are open and will close on September 15th. Go to zibbyowens.com and you will find the Zibby Awards open submissions where we celebrate all the under-celebrated parts of a book, like the best spine, the best author's note, the best table of contents. And authors can nominate their own best publicists, best editors, and so on. There will be an in-person award ceremony in October in New York. You will not want to miss it. Go to zibbyowens.com. Francesca Giacco is the author of Six Days in Rome. Francesca is a graduate of Barnard College and the MFA program at Columbia University. She lives in New York. Six Days in Rome is her first novel. Welcome, Francesca. Thanks so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss Six Days in Rome. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) 
happy to be here. It's a pleasure. We were just chatting about our mutual friend, Lee Carpenter. So Lee, thank you so much for this wonderful introduction. If you're listening. (laughs) Okay. Six days in Rome just totally transported me. It was amazing. You have a real gift for these really impactful short sentences scattered throughout that like stay with me. So I just wanted to read a couple of them. And then I want you to like explain to everybody what your book is actually about and all of that. You said at one point, he did tell me once that the reason we love someone is because we share their adjectives. That's, yeah. I love that. I love that sentence. Thank you. Uh, and wait, there was one more. Rome doesn't know what to do with a woman alone. Also true. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What is the book about? And then let's talk about, let's get deeper in. The book on its face, Amelia, the main character is supposed to go to Rome for six days with her boyfriend She finds out he's married, they break up, and she decides to go anyway. And the resulting trip is really a self-discovery sort of journey. It has to do with grief in many forms, heartbreak in many forms, art, creativity. Amelia is an artist. She's the child of artists. Her father is a famous musician. Her mother is a visual artist in her own right. Rome is obviously a city that is full of character and art and food and wine and she experiences all of it sort of at this pivotal moment in her in her own life and along the way she does meet someone she meets an expat named John who is living in the city who is sort of run away from his life in a different way and they meet at you know sort of catalytic if that's a word moments for them both and figure each other out Amazing. in a way <laughs> And this is your first novel. Congratulations. Thank you. How did this come to be? Oh, well, I've been writing, gosh, feels like my whole life. And, you know, I'd gone through many different ideas for novels in the past. I spent my 30th birthday, part of it, alone in Rome. And that it's a city that I've had a relationship to. I've been there many times throughout my life. And I, the way I feel about it has always been sort of a mystery to me. I've spent more time in other places and I speak French. I don't really speak Italian very well. I'm a bit of a fish out of water there, but being in Rome has always made me feel really calm, really at peace. I just, when I'm there, for some reason, I feel like I'm where I'm supposed to be. So I think- Are you, is your family from Italy? Like, are you Italian at all? Yes. yes. My grandfather was was born there, born in Campania, which is even funnier because I have this very Italian name and people expect me to speak Italian. So it's <laughs> more of a question mark when I when I don't. I'm trying to get better because I'm actually going to Italy on Thursday. So oh. I'm, I'm trying to <laughs> I'm trying to improve. But so that, you know, setting the novel in Rome, I think was in a lot of ways trying to figure out exactly what the city means to me and, and why it it has the effect on me that it does. And the other sort of big catalyst for this story in particular was the experience of traveling alone, which is something that I've done a fair amount of in my life. It's a very polarizing topic. People feel one way or another about it. People are terrified of doing it or love it. It's hard to find someone who feels sort of lukewarm about traveling alone. But I think it's such a unique experience. And the the tradition of the Flaneur, the wanderer, is such an interesting one in literature. And I wanted to approach it in my own way. And traveling alone is such an interesting way to experience a place and where you are in your life at that moment and how the two intersect. So that was really the impetus behind 
the narrative. I wanted to see if I could take a reader on that journey of, you know, where you are in the present versus how your past comes into it and get that down on the page. So that was the, that was the task. Wait, so what was your first trip alone and how did you end up going alone? Oh, my first trip alone. I think it was probably to Paris. Yeah, it was to Paris when I was in college, early in college. And Paris is a city that I'd always romanticized as so many people do. And I've spent a lot of time there in my life. But at this point, I didn't know it very well at all. And I think the big eye-opening thing about that trip was I learned that I could be self-sufficient in a way that I hadn't really been tested before. And it was eye-opening. And part of traveling alone is, you know, it's not always pretty. It's not cinematic. Things go wrong. You feel lonely. You're sitting at a bar and you have to sort of fend for yourself. But to learn that I could do that and that it could could be rewarding in its own way was incredibly eye-opening. And in the book, there are a lot of conversations with strangers. There are a lot of encounters like that. And I think I love that. I mean, even living in New York, that happens to me pretty frequently. You know, people just tell you things when you're sitting alone at a bar and vice versa. It's a kind of fascinating way to experience a place, even if you live there. (laughs) I'm not sure I've spent much time alone at bars in New York, but I have lived there my whole life. (laughs) I don't know. I recommend it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think I'd be more likely to, you know, be getting lunch somewhere, a book or something like that. Exactly. Although, I don't know. Post COVID, I've become almost um. What's the word when you're like afraid to leave your house? I feel like I spend so much time in my house. <laughs> um, uh, I'll think of it anyway. Well, I want to talk about. Well, wait. I had a question in the book, and this is such a random point, but the Amelia can't sleep on planes, and she yeah. says that she hallucinates with gummies and sleeping pills and all that. Do you is that is that a you thing, or that was just a random detail? Oh, it's definitely a me thing. Um, <laughs> I've, I've made that mistake. It's one of those things where I should have learned it long ago. And I'm about to take this trip to Rome on Thursday. And I'm, I'll make the same mistake again. I know it. It's just, I, I, can't, I can't sleep sitting up. I'm so jealous of people who can. Doesn't matter how tired I am. And I've, I've tried everything. Nothing really works. We'll keep trying. <laughs> you have like sleeping issues on a regular basis? Like, can you sleep at home? I can sleep at home fine. If I'm horizontal, great. It's just traveling. I I can't figure it out. (laughs) It's really hard. It's definitely not the best sleep. Sometimes I wake up though at home and I'm like, wow, I feel like I slept on an airplane last night. (laughs) I've been like woken up so many times or whatever. Worst case scenario. Yeah, exactly. There's a passage about books that I found really interesting when Amelia is talking about reading the rest of the books of Michael, right? They were Michael's books, right? And then she's going back and reading all the things that he had written. And first she says, that first book changed who he was to me, what he could be, all before we'd spoken for longer than 10 minutes. And then you go down and say, the joy and hunger those books gave me then, the sense of possibility of being with or even just around this brilliant person who could write a heartbreakingly perfect sentence just as easily as whisper something delicious and filthy in my ear or touch my wrist in a way that made me feel understood. It makes me a little sad now, sad now to know I'll never read any of them ever again. I love that passage. (laughs) Thank you. Tell tell um, me about that. Well, I mean, to be perfectly honest, it's, you know, the pitfalls of falling in love with a writer (laughs) and, you know, any kind of creative person. I think creativity is a big touchstone in this book to be creative and to know and love creative people. But yeah, I mean, reading 
the book of that's written by someone you care for and are close to is, you know, I, I don't really know that there's a similar experience. It's an insight into who they are as a person, the way their mind works. And it's an incredibly intimate thing, especially to read, you know, early drafts of something or, you know, before something is polished and finished. But yeah, I, I think it's just, you know, for someone like Amelia, who is an artist herself, I think she places a great amount of importance on creative work. And, you know, she takes it very much to heart. And she's a great admirer of his, her her ex, Michael, who she was supposed to go to Rome with as a writer. And she, you know, she loves him. She wants to know him and he won't let her. And so the books are one way she tries. Wow. <laughs> you know, it is sort of funny, the thought that like now you don't have the option of sort of shutting someone out once you have a book out there. I mean, totally. It's very soon. It'll probably be out by the time this airs. But like just the thought that anybody could be like, oh no, I already read your book and know everything about you by the time you say hello. That's like a very <laughs> odd thing, right? And yours is a memoir, right? You don't get to choose what you share. I don't know. No, no, uh, definitely not. It's an incredibly vulnerable thing. You have clearly dated a writer, right? I'm guessing because it's sounding like that came from a personal place. Tell me. Yeah, it's it's not a one-to-one. It's not a one-to-one. I want to be very clear. But, you know, yeah, that was a formative relationship for sure. I don't know that I will ever date a writer again, full disclosure. You know, it's just someone whose mind works similarly to yours. That can be great. It can be horrible. I think it all just totally depends. But, you know, I I obviously have a great deal of admiration for people who are not just smart, but write beautifully. I, you know, it, it obviously means a lot to me to know and read people like that. So it was, you know, it was the combination of a lot of things. You know, the attraction was layered. It also happened many years ago. I was much younger. So I think that that has a lot to do with it. And yeah, I mean, again, I sort of set this book in Rome to figure out how I felt about Rome. I think I wrote some version of a past relationship to figure it out for myself. It's, it's how I make sense of a lot of things, to be honest. I think many people relate to that. (laughs) (laughs) Comes out of writing, fiction. I mean, it's all these fragments, right? And they all like show up. It's like, going through one of those weird voice distortion machines where like you Mm -hmm. put it in and it comes out a little differently, but it's still a a take on what you have been thinking. Totally. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. 
This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com So what was, tell me the story of selling this book and getting your first book deal and that excitement, I'm assuming. But anyway, tell me all about that. Yeah. Oh gosh. I mean, it's funny. It all happened in COVID. The book sold in October, 2020. I signed with my agent August of that year. So it happened pretty quickly. Once, I feel like once things started to be in motion, they sort of took on a momentum in life of their own. But signing with my agent was sort of a, magical experience and that she read my book in one day. And, you know, it was just, it's sort of what that relationship is supposed to be because that person is your advocate. And I think they really just have to live and breathe for your book, which I, I really felt that she did. None of the All the restaurants in Rome in the book are real places, but I don't name any of them. And when my agent read the book, she knew exactly what all of them were. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) when like, when that happens, you're like, okay, so the universe is trying to tell me something. Um, (laughs) I clearly need to work with this person. So, you know, the experience of being out on submission was, you know, which is when the book goes out to different editors and they consider it was one of the more stressful periods of my life. I believe in, I believed in this book and I believe in it now, but it's, we talked about vulnerability. I mean, it doesn't get more vulnerable than that. And it's also, and I don't know how much people know this, but it's not really enough for an editor to love your book. A lot of other people at the publishing house have to love it too. A lot of things have to fall into place and the money has to, you know, it's it's all, it's all connected. A lot of things have to line up. So it was a very stressful two weeks, but I was very happy to, to land at Grand Central. My editor is actually married to an Italian and she is in Italy right now. So it all oh. went down. <laughs> wow. That's wonderful. And two weeks, by the way, is short. It's short. It's yeah. short. It's short, but intense. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, sometimes you know, now I'm on the publishing side too. And sometimes I don't even like open, you know, by the time it goes through different people or whatever, I don't know, but I having submitted myself and been like every day, like emailing my agent, what about now? Well, who replied today? What's the latest? You know, as a publisher, I try so hard to <laughs> I feel like, let's just get the word out. Like somebody is sitting on pins and needles waiting for us. So I know. And I made the mistake. My agent asked me at the beginning, she was like, do you want to know selective news or do you want to know everything? And I foolishly said, I wanted to know everything. So I was, it was a little bit too much information for me. I might, uh, next go around, I might approach it differently. Interesting. <laughs> Um, Have you already written another book or are you writing another book or what's the latest with that? I'm writing at very early stages, but I'm I'm hoping to have a full draft by the end of the year. I'm nothing without a deadline. So I'm trying to figure out ways to put the heat on myself in that way. So I actually finish, but yeah, the wheels are, wheels are turning. Awesome. And what do you like to read? What are you reading right now? What am I reading right now? Well, I, so I'm about to go on this trip and I have six books in my suitcase, which is a little excessive, but um, it's just like me, but yep. yeah, <laughs> I always err on the side of more because you never, you, you know, never you know. never want to be without, but I actually, I just finished the God of small things, which I am incredibly late to, but was wonderful. 
And, you know, it's interesting. I, I really love writing in a sensorial way. Staying close to the senses is something that, you know, has always really been a hallmark of the way that I write. And Arundhati Roy in that novel, she sort of takes it a step further and is like making up her own kind of language and idioms. It's it's so cool. And I feel like I'm going to be thinking about that book and it's ending for a long time. But I feel very lucky. I'm taking a galley of the new Camila Shamsi with me to Italy. And she wrote Home Fire. And she has a new book called Best of Friends that's out in September. And I love her writing. So I'm really excited for that. Awesome. Wow. Amazing. And when you're not writing and you live in the city, what do you like to do aside from go to bars by yourself? (laughs) (laughs) I do like to do a fair amount of that. And with friends. I do have friends um, (laughs) who I love to go to bars with and restaurants with. Yeah. I mean, it's funny now that, well, I guess we can't say COVID is over, but we're starting to travel and be out in the world again, which I'm obviously very excited for. But I, I never want to forget how New York was sort of there for me during COVID in in different ways. And I wonder if you feel this way too, but I live on 90th between Park and Lex. So I'm right next to the reservoir and the bridal path in that part of Central Park. And I'm a runner and I like to run probably three, four times a week. And I just remember when there was so little we could do and everything was standing still, just being able to go there every day and see how things were changing. It was spring at the beginning of COVID. So seeing how the park was changing even in these small little ways just sort of connected me back to the world <laughs> in yep. a way. So yeah, I mean, I it, I won't say it made me fall back in love with New York. I've lived here for so long, but you know, like any long-term relationship, you go through ebbs and flows. So <laughs> we're back in a flow. I think. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I never really considered my, my relationship with New York as like a romantic one, <laughs> but, but you know. Uh, now I'm going to go reevaluate. Yeah, I feel like I've been uh, kind of annoyed at New York lately. So I mean, very easy to do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, many, many times. Yeah, interesting. Well, now I feel like also New York is sort of misbehaving. You know, if there's so much crime right now. Oh, it is. Now I it's feel like, uh, you know, interesting times. Interesting times. Yes, we need to reel back in New York City. Yes, sort of <laughs> the doghouse a little bit <laughs> or something. What advice would you have for aspiring authors? Ooh, the biggest thing I think is write every day. And I have been delinquent in that lately. It's it's interesting. I'm working on this new novel now. I wish I'd started it a year ago. And it was advice that I got and I just ignored. And I wish I hadn't and I won't again. But I'd say write every day, you know, just stay connected with that part of yourself. The old story goes, you know, the young aspiring writer asks the established one, you know, how do I become a writer? And the older one says, do literally anything else. (laughs) (laughs) Unless you can't do anything else, in which case, write every day. And it's, you know, it's an, it's old advice, but I think it's, it's the only real advice I would have because it's, it's just what you have to do. Yeah. I love it. Very true. (laughs) Someone recently said, if you're not going into the document every day, then you might as well like start over with a new novel every single time you, you, you start again. You have to stay connected to it. I mean, and that's why like, I'm one of those people that carries notebooks everywhere. And a a lot of this novel was composed of notes that I've written over the past five years. I have notes in my phone. It's, you know, 
because too many times I like woken up at night and had a great idea and I'll be like, Oh, you know, I'll remember it in the morning. I never do. (laughs) So I don't make that mistake anymore, but no, I mean, you always, you have to stay connected. Yeah. I would agree with that. And what is your, when you go to Rome this time, like what are some of your favorite meals or dishes to order? I would say Grecia pasta, mostly because I can't get it here. You know, it's it's not as common on menus as like an Amatriciana or a Carbonara. And yeah, like a really good Negroni, Grecia. And it's just, you know, the concept of, of um, aperitivo doesn't exist in New York. And I just, I'm really looking forward to that. I, I love just the fact that the city sort of not shuts down, but lulls a little bit in that hour around like 6 p.m., 7 p.m., And I'm actually going to Sicily for the first time this time. And I'm really excited for all the food there that I've never experienced, all the seafood. And and they just have a very different way of life and way of living in Sicily. So I'm excited to experience that. Oh, I'm very jealous. (laughs) Very, very jealous. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Francesca. This has been so fun. Thank you for whisking me away to Rome by reading your book. And even though I can't come with you, now I have all the... As you said, all this, all the senses and what it feels like to be out and about and, and all of it. So thank you. Oh, thank you, Zibi. It was so lovely to talk to you. you too. All right. Good luck. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.